Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I realize when I look out and see people grouped together on this night that this isn't just a celebration of of Jesus' birth. It is also a lot about getting together with family. And I pray that, at least so far, that getting together with family has been a joyous thing, a happy thing, that this Christmas doesn't find you weighed down with a lot of pain or loss. That's my hope. I also realize that that isn't always the case. That sometimes family can really get on your nerves like nobody else on the planet can. I also realize that tonight, maybe out there, maybe in here, there's a lot of people who are by themselves. And having a holiday like Christmas doesn't make that feel better. It makes it feel worse. I also realize that today might be the first Christmas since somebody important to you has died. And, and if it wasn't, it wasn't a situation that you were prepared for, then, then this day comes with a lot of grief and, and a lot of not-so-warm thoughts. And that's really what I want to tackle tonight. Our reading said that God is love. God is love. And yet you look around in all the situations in this world and look out into this world, and I'm sure you will find a whole handful of reasons to doubt that assertion, to doubt that God is love. I'm not going to deny your feelings. I want you to think about what Scripture says to you tonight. Now, why would people doubt that God is love? Well, let's just start with what I've already mentioned. If you're sitting alone, your family is dispersed, is dysfunctional, is falling apart, isn't it hard to really feel like God is love at least? It might even be easy to blame God for the situation you find yourself in. Or if your family is wildly dysfunctional, you know, people can't handle their alcohol, there's big bitter debate and anger that exists and whatever. You might be a person who actually looks at the person who's alone and go, wow, why can't that be me? I wish it was just me in the remote tonight. Nobody else. Or if your grief is raw, and someday, some Christmas, it's just bound to be that. And it might be this Christmas. If you lost somebody and lost them in a tragic way, don't you look at Scripture and say, God is love. If, if he loved me, if he was all-powerful, then he would have spared the life of whoever. And then we know tonight that significant portions of our world are war zones. And not just Ukraine, but Ukraine is one of them. If you live in a war zone with no promise that you're going to live till morning, if you don't know what's going to happen to your world, 
and you've seen the destruction, you've seen how ugly it is. I mean, tonight it doesn't matter if you're a Ukrainian or a Russian soldier, you don't want to be there. And either you're clinging on to God and God is all you got, or you are really angry at God and you say, see, there's no God. And if there is one, he doesn't love me. Let me add just a couple more, just to cast the net wide. If your personal situation is somehow very distressing, you know that you are mortally ill, you're you're fighting cancer or something else, maybe something worse. If, If you have been struggling with mental illness for a long time or even a short time, if you are a person who's lost your marriage, lost your job, lost something big, it is very easy to turn on this sentence, God is love, and say, prove it to me, because I don't see it. And finally, and I'm sure there's other situations, but I'm going to end it here. Even if everything's going perfectly well for you, that life is pretty sweet, but you know enough about human history to know all the pain that exists and has existed in this world, it is very easy to question the assertion that God is love. And I'll blame you one bit for doing it. But to question it is to hold on to an assumption. And the assumption is this, that if God is all-powerful and he is all-loving, that that necessarily adds up to his desire to remove from this world all its troubles. And it turns out that that is not a good assumption. There's a reason why the world has these troubles. In fact, there's three of them. One, fairly obvious, human beings are sinful. I mean, we're not just talking necessarily garden variety, slips of the tongue and stuff like that. We can be moved in different ways to do some really ugly things and then to be too proud to ever repent of it. And in so doing, we can trash our own families and bring down nations. Beyond sinful human nature, there's someone, and this isn't a fictional character. I wish he was fictional. Someone who absolutely hates God and hates people because God loves people. And that is Satan. And a whole kingdom that goes along with him. And he will do whatever he can to manipulate what's already messed up with our minds. To push us in directions and to keep us moving in directions that are destructive to our world. And that's how the vast majority of the things I've already mentioned happen. But there is one more. And the Bible talks about this right at the very beginning for a little bit, and then only a few times afterward, and we just call it generically the curse. What is it? Well, we know what it does. Disease, natural disaster, 
stuff like that that you can't necessarily attach to sin, that's all the curse. But what is it exactly that causes it? The way I look at it, it's like this. God could, he could fix all those things I mentioned. He could seize onto the wheel and make it drive exactly the way he wants it to. He could make this world, in fact, he made this world to be perfect. He can make it perfect again. But now, for a set amount of time, because people really didn't want God to be God, he lets go of the steering wheel and just backs up a bit. Now, he hasn't left. If he left, we'd really know it for the brief moment that we would still exist. But he lets things be slightly out of harmony. That's what the curse ends up being. Does God want the world to be beyond the curse? Absolutely. Does he want it to be beyond sin? Even more so. But now for this little while, we must live through it. God's got his reasons. God very, is very faithful to what he promises. But those are the reasons that the world his way is. And those are the reasons maybe why your life isn't exactly what you want it to be. God would tell you, if you want to know how I feel about you, don't depend on reading your circumstances. Sin, curse, Satan can all make your circumstances bad. It does not reflect how I feel about you. What does reflect? What First John had to say. God shows his love to us by sending his son. That is the primary way he's shown his love to us. And we're not just talking about something that happened once in history and it was nice and now we make Christmas cards out of the story. We are talking about the son of God, the creator of the universe, lowering himself to become one of us for a very specific purpose. To fulfill God's law and to step in and to take the punishment for sin that we have all earned for ourselves. That's why he came. And that is love. You know, if we were walking down the street somewhere and suddenly out of nowhere, somebody rolled a live grenade in front of us. And either I dove on it or you dove on it. Whoever got there first would be demonstrating something, right? They would be demonstrating that they loved you enough to jump on that grenade. Jesus Christ has jumped on something much bigger than a grenade. He has jumped on what would have dragged us all to eternal destruction. He has brought it on himself. And because he has done that, a time will come for you personally, but for the world as a whole, 
where there will not be any more sin and there will not be any more curse and there will not be Satan anymore. And all the things I mentioned, the raw grief, the family dysfunction, the war zone, the disease will no longer be, but it's not yet. But Jesus Christ has come. And he has accomplished what he came to do, what he came to fix. And he came at a tremendous price. John's point goes a step further. He says, you know, this is the way you can know God loves you. This is the way you know God loves the world. But he also goes on to say, if you understand this, if you believe for yourself that Jesus Christ has come into this world and Jesus Christ has died for you, then there's a, a natural next step for the rest of us, for all of us. And that is we should love one another. And you know what? Here is maybe the way that, that you find missing sometimes in the world. When we're saved by Jesus, we're literally part of his body. I'm not talking about we have his teachings in our head. I'm not talking about some metaphor. I'm talking about that there is a connection between you and Jesus himself. And he exercises that connection in a way that love can be shown in the world. And that love will be shown, if you let it, through you. And so John says, if God so loved us in this way, ought we not to love one another? And the answer is absolutely yes. Why wouldn't we take that opportunity? And that's what I'd like to send you out with as far as a challenge. I want you very much to believe that God has sent his son. I want you to have eternal life. I want you to know that God actually is love. But I also want you to walk out of here understanding that God can work through me and this world needs love. And I can be one vessel for bringing it to the world. Not just to other Christians, but to the whole world. And if you leave that part sitting behind you, then what you are wasting is your lifetime. Right? I mean, that's what you're here for. If you didn't have a God-given purpose, God just would take you home and you'd be far better off. But you are here. You are here today. You're here tonight to be sent. That you would bring love to a love-starved world and that Jesus Christ could be seen by others through you. That you would bring light into this darkness. And sometimes that starts very close to home. So I don't know where you're at as far as wrestling with your personal disappointments or looking into this world and feeling jaded about it. But listen to what God has to say about it and what God has to say about you as a person who can be light to this world. And may Jesus 
bring that certainty, that love to the world through you. In Jesus' name, amen.